Welcome to another edition of the Find Your Calling podcast. I'm Todd Wilson, the host. Each week I get to interview a different leader on the story of their calling, sort of the backstory in their life and the narrative leading up to what they're doing today. Today I have with me Ron Edmondson. Ron's a personal friend and the senior pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Welcome, Ron. Well, thank you, Todd. I appreciate you having me on the podcast. I've been looking forward to it. Let's just jump right in. If Give us some of your background journey, Ron, where you've been and where you're at today. Well, I've been here at this church three and a half years, and this is my fourth church in, in ministry. I've been in ministry just 15 years and had a 25-year or so career in, in business uh, before that. So uh, I'm relatively new in ministry, just trying to figure it out as we go. Well, there's not one single definition of calling out there. What, what would you say is your working definition of personal calling? Years ago, God convicted me that Genesis 6.22 is kind of a life verse. It says, Noah did just as the Lord commanded him, and it's to be obedient to God. You know, Jesus said, follow me, and that just means follow me. And so I have really trying to do exactly what God leads me to do and being obedient to whatever he asked me to do. So that's my definition of the call. Over time, we typically get more and more clarity, especially a series of Surrender, obedience, surrender, obedience. Tell us a little bit more about how you've gotten clarity in your calling over time. You know, I think my clarity has come by doing. A lot of times I think we want to know, we want the clarity on the front end. But as at, the longer we're with uh, in our faith journey, I think the, uh, the more God expects us to get our feet wet before he parts the water. And so I've really had some confirmation over the years, even coming to this church, which uh, we met, we went from church planting into a very established church. And if you'd have asked me the day before I got here, I think this is what we're supposed to do. But as we've been here, we realized, hey, okay, we were just following. We were trying to be obedient. And God confirmed that in the process of being obedient. If you think about Abraham, when, when God said, pack your bags and go, you know, it wasn't pack your bags and go to a place you already know or a place of comfort. It's pack your bags and go before even really knowing where that is. Tell us a little bit more of an example or two in your journey where you've just had to step out uncomfortably in obedience to follow a calling. Well, one of those was the initial call to, to ministry. We were in the business world and it had good times and, and not so good times. We were we had sold a business and went looking for more work and eight eight uh, months later I was still looking for work and to go into ministry with a, a, I think we had um, two in elementary school two kids in elementary school at that time just made no sense whatsoever I just kept saying to people who would encourage me to consider ministry look I got to feed my family surrendering to ministry in the first year in ministry we made one fourth of the income we had made the last year in business. So that was the the biggest to me of trusting God. And he, and he provided every single time. And since then, we've had dozens of those opportunities, whether it's to go and plant a church where we didn't necessarily want to or come to an established church we didn't necessarily weren't looking to do and didn't really even want to do, honestly. Tell us a little bit in the difficulty of that move from from the business world to ministry. Who are the people that walked with you there? 
Well, there were several, but one uh, one guy, and he was very – I've been Baptist all my life, but this guy was very charismatic. He was a charismatic Baptist, and he came and, and one time just said – this was months. He was probably the first one that mentioned ministry to me. He said, I I saw a vision. Uh, I was stretched out before the Lord, and you were dressed in a white suit with a white tie, and you were preaching in a – big church you know and i'm like look i don't have a white suit i will never have a white suit you know <laughs> but but looking back he he actually must have seen something and uh and then i i saw and then i had uh, when we had spent that eight months in the in the business world i mean out of the business world kind of searching trying to get a job there was a guy a wealthy guy in our church that saw the wrestling that i was going through and i had just lost a major major job opportunity just just kind of disappeared and i was very frustrated and he sent me away to his cabin and i always say if you if you're going to be in ministry have friends with cabins you know <laughs> so we went away to i went away just by myself just to talk to god and it was just a miserable experience it really was and i came back actually a couple of days earlier than i would planned and the guy called me and he said so ron what did god say to you and i said nothing he said he didn't say anything. I said no. He said, "Did you try to talk to him?" I said, "Yes." He said, "Well, you got to. You had to have heard something." And I said, "I only heard two words." And he said, "What?" I heard, "Trust me." And he said, "Is that not enough?" And I said, "Well, it's not feeding my family." So he said, and he'd already encouraged me to consider ministry. And so he said, "Ron, let me ask you a question. How long have you been teaching the Bible?" And I said, "I don't know, fifteen years or so." So he said, "In other words, you'd rather teach people to walk by faith." Then actually lead them to do so. Yeah, pretty much. You know, <laughs> that's what I'm. So that that was a very challenging word. And in fact, that afternoon, that was a Friday. That afternoon, I surrendered to the ministry, not knowing what was next. And Monday morning started to work for God. You know, without any income, just knowing that's what I was doing. Bill Hybels had a book a few years ago called Whispers, where he he talks about how the Holy Spirit, and he's not particularly charismatic, but how the Holy Spirit will talk to us in words, in three-word fragments, or in a sentence just to get our attention. That idea for you of trust me, I remember my own journey out of the business place to your wrestling match, and I went away finally for a three-day weekend, mutual friends, Troy and Janet McMahon, really just to listen to God and, and to hear. And just like your account, three days, nothing. Just feeling like I'm not hearing anything. But then very loudly... The words just decide, decide, mm. you know, trust mm. me and decide. So I, I do think this this idea that amidst our struggling to find clarity and get clarity, we want the clarity. Mm. And a lot of times yes. God isn't going to give the clarity. It's just like the Abraham, you know, go, trust me and go. Tell me a little bit amidst that struggle. It's such a difficult thing. You're married. Uh, I know my wife spoke into the process. Tell me a little bit about how spouses and close family members speak into the journey there? Well, my wife is an accountant, and that's important to know because she's a very good accountant. She knows numbers really well, and she had predicted when we got out of the business world, and we got out just to get out from under a, a, a business and started over, lost everything we had um, that we had put into the business, basically, and started over with $20,000 cash. We um, set out. She said, we've got about four to six months where we're okay until you find more work. We were eight months. And so I knew she was stretched, although she had said nothing. 
And so when this business guy in challenged me and I surrendered to ministry on Friday, I didn't tell her to Sunday night. <laughs> I didn't want to ruin her weekend. You know, I, I didn't want to say, okay. So Sunday night I said, well, I got a job. She said, you do. And I said, yeah, start in the morning. She said, well, well, what is it? And I said, well, I'm working for God. Doesn't pay anything yet. And I was waiting for her response. And she said, well, God shared that with me a few months ago. I was waiting for him to share it with you. You know, she, so this, this woman who's very good on paper with, with numbers just has this incredible faith. And throughout our journey, she's been that faith person, constant, you know, faith uh, person who's, if God's calling it to us, I'm a, I'm a late responder sometimes. You know, it takes me a little while. Abraham got up the next morning. I don't always do that. You know, I, I rest with it a little while. But Cheryl, thankfully, has just always been ready to go. If that's what God wants us to do, let's do it. Your recommendation for people on the spousal support in something like that? First thing I would do, and this, this is the counselor side in me coming out, but the first thing I would do is ask, are we on the same page hmm. aside from this issue? And so if we are and we're moving forward, and I use put two hands together pointing and an arrow going up, I always say to couples I'm counseling, are you moving towards oneness? Because that's the command in Scripture. So if you are, and yeah, this is a good season, we're on the same page, we're in, in every other area of our life, that's number one. So if you are, God's not going to lead you separately, you know. And so if God's not leading in that way, then I've got to sit and wait just a little while before I act too, you know, too big in, in this. And so uh, just waiting until that call is clarified. But you know as well as I do, your experience and my experience, I have so many more stories of relationships where it was exactly the same, both of that couple, because God, God's in that, it is bringing those two together, and they're incomplete. Now, they, one of the things I say to guys, uh, because we're wired a little differently sometimes, your spouse may not be ready to jump and move cities because it's relational, it, it disrupts relationships, and there's the... The, the security factor and all those sort of things. They may not be able to just say, they may not embrace risk at the same level you, and that could be the other way. It could be the, the wife that's ready to risk and the, and the man's not. They may not be there, but can they get, can you get to the same place? We know this is what God's calling us to do. And even if it's uncomfortable, we've got to do it. So we're on the same page there. And then if, if, if we are, and thankfully Cheryl's usually there, as fast as me or faster. But if we are, sometimes I have to say to her, okay, I don't understand this, but just let's put our, you put your trust in me because I know this is what God's calling me to do. And we'll go through it together. And, and, uh, um, and, and, you know, so just sometimes she can trust me when she can't trust the circumstances, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that was the, that, that was the way it was coming here to a very established church, which the first couple of years was very difficult and in revitalization and, she, there were some days she just went home and was ready to cry, but she had to trust, okay, God has clearly made this clear to really to me more in that sense, so I've got to trust you in this. And that was able to weather that through with her. Well, Ron, let's press beyond the general obedience of, of surrender and faith to a calling and press into kind of the uniqueness of our calling, what what we're each made to do and, and where we're to fit. In my book, More, I use a sweet spot framework I call Be, Do, Go, the integration of the answer to three questions. Who did God create me to be? What did he make me to do? And where does he want me to go or where do I fit to do that? 
If you look in your own life and your own journey of calling, what you found to be the hardest of those questions to answer in your own walk? Well, they've all been difficult at some point. I would say the one I wrestle with the most probably, and maybe that's in the context of today, is is the where. Where am I best positioned to do it? I, I see so many scenarios where God could use me. And, it, you know, in the church, in the nonprofit world, even in the business world, again, I, I think our world's changing and we need good Christian leaders in the business world. So I've I've really struggled with where God is is positioning me today or or a year from now or or 10 years from now. You work with a lot of pastors, Ron. What would you say just in general? Is it pretty even across all three questions or do you see a bias to any of those questions? I think it's a it's it across the board. I mean, I think all of them. You know, I think that first one though, who am I created to be? I think a lot of times pastors try to be everything to everyone and so they they try to invent themselves to something they really are not. And God's not, that's not who he's called me to be, you know. And so I think that one, uh, I love your questions, by the way. I think they're great. I think that one has to be wrestled through first. And, and you know, as well as I do, we're the same age. The, you get to a point where you start to try to figure that out. You know, this is who I am and it becomes clearer. But until you do that, the other ones are, are, are harder to answer. I think a lot of times what happens, especially for young leaders, they get into that warrior phase of the doing, the accomplishing, the conquering. You know, most of us are are brought up in a way that we've got relatively good clarity on what we're good at doing, but often it's in the absence of that, who am I made to be? That, you know, right. what we do needs to overflow from who we're created to be. I've met lots of pastors, you know, I, I just want to preach or I just want to care for people. How does that conviction for a specific thing of doing, like preaching or shepherding, without a lack of of understanding who you're created to be, create problems for pastors than in ministry? Well, ministry is always going to, I I tell pastors all the time, the church will eat your lunch with your schedule and with what it's asking you to do. If you're not careful in in knowing who who God has called you to be, then you're going to you're going to burn out. You're going to, you're just going to stress out. It's just going to, you're just going to be overwhelmed with the demands of ministry rather than, as we talk about all the time, delegating and raising up new leaders and letting the body be the body. It's just, it's a recipe for disaster. You've had enough ministry positions now that you've had to wrestle through, you know, should I stay or should I go? You know, is Mm -hmm. is it time to move on? What's your advice in this idea of calling, especially the where dimension or the go dimension of calling uh, for pastors when they're trying to figure out that, do I stay or do I go? You know, when you're trying, uh, when you have to work to get excited about the vision or when it consumes you. So which of those is more more like your situation? Are you having to really, you just have to get up in the morning and make yourself go to the office or you just can't wait to get there? Uh, when you're daydreaming most about what's next, or, you know, down the road, well, 10 years from now, hopefully, or, or what's next in your current organization? What's today? What are we going to do today? When you think of work and you get overwhelmed, frustrated, or angry, or, or when you think about things and you get excited about the potentials. So I just like to ask myself questions. Where am I today? And, and because I think, uh, as we talked about those words of affirmation, words of whispers, I think you used Bill Hobble's book as an example, allowing... Asking our own self questions, allowing God to speak into where we are with, with 
you know, with our temperament, with our disposition, with our heart, with our spirit. And of course, it could be back to like we talked about with marriage. It could be you have to examine your own relationship with God and are you in a good place with him right now? But if you are, then just ask some of those questions. I mean, you know, I've seen so many pastors that are totally ineffective because they should have left years ago and they they hung on out of a false sense of loyalty or fear of what's next or waiting for retirement or a paycheck. And, and those are not fair to them, not fair to the church and not fair to the kingdom. Well, let's, let's end with this, Ron. And when I look back at your journey, a couple of people speaking into your life, God telling you to trust me in, in leaving the business world to go into ministry. And not everyone's going to be called to leave what they're doing in the marketplace to go into ministry. But we all can live out our calling wherever we are. Let's assume for a minute that there are hundreds and hundreds of people at your church that are where Ron Edmondson was years ago. Hmm. Sort of right at that point, the latent capacity of just mobilizing people on mission in their unique calling. Not necessarily into full-time ministry, but mobilizing them where they are. Knowing what you know now, knowing your own journey... If you now were giving advice to your pastor years ago on how to mobilize the Ron Edmondsons of the church, what what's your advice? So I was just asked this question yesterday, and I think it's a it's a great question. Um, I, you know, I think if I had been given more opportunity to lead within the context of the local church, then and I mean, I'm, I was a leader in the community. When I was in the church, if I had been given even more opportunities to lead, and I was given quite a few actually, but to actually do ministry and experience that confirmation through through uh, doing, uh, one of the phrases I use is "peace comes through obedience." And so, I, I really believe uh, we've got an army of people in the church, in our churches, who could be doing great things for the kingdom. You know, God didn't go out and find his kings on, among the priests. So it, it's, um, I just think giving opportunity and walking with them and being there to help them uh, as they navigate through that calling that, that you and I both went through is, is what we should be doing in our churches. And we're actually trying some of that right now. We've got 15 young people who are sensing a call to ministry that we're trying to walk through that season with. Uh, but then uh, those have come because we're talk having these type conversations uh, all the time, and I share my story all the time. I think just giving those opportunities and then walking with them as they discern what God is, is trying to call them to do. Well, Ron, I want to thank you for taking time with us today. For anybody that wants to connect more with Ron and his leadership blog, it's ronedmondson.com. Thanks for being with us, Ron. Thank you, Todd.